0: I don't know what you mothers are wanting today. Um, maybe you're just wanting a day off from any cooking duties. Maybe you're wanting a break from any house duties or uh, chores, so to speak. Maybe some of you want that special meal out, of, out at a restaurant. Good luck in getting that today, right? <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a wait. So uh, good luck with that, I guess. Perhaps there's a special gift that uh, you have received or you're looking to receive, whether it be a dress or some new shoes or jewelry or whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, And and I'm not sure what got me thinking about this. I knew in general what I wanted to speak about on Sunday, but I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to get into this. So here we go. Maybe some of you this morning, um, you know, would like to have something like this. Yeah? Yeah, how many of you women are chocolate lovers? Let me see your hands, all right? My mom has a little uh, plaque at home. She says, give me chocolate and nobody gets hurt. So (laughs) some of you are saying that. (laughs) Um, Multi, I don't know what got me thinking about this. We had a uh, uh, Brian and Jess are in with the girls, and it was Emma's birthday yesterday, and we had a multi-layer birthday cake yesterday. And uh, it got me to thinking earlier in the week um, about... That right there. That, that, that's a weakness for me right, right there. What goes into making some of that? I know some of you are expert uh, bakers, and that's, that, that right there would be no problem for you. W- what is the recipe that goes into making something like that? Look at all those layers on the one on the right. Oh, wow. Duncan, huh? Wow. Yeah, okay. So we have the experts are over here, I guess. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, let me just run through this real quick. So some of you ladies can uh, uh, you know, see if I'm right. Two cups sugar, one and three-quarters cups all-purpose flour, three cups Hershey's cocoa, one and a half teaspoons baking powder, one and a half teaspoons baking soda, one teaspoon of salt, two eggs, one cup of milk, half a cup of vegetable oil, two teaspoons vanilla extract, one cup boiling hot water. Is that right so far? You have no idea of what I just said was right. How about the frosting? A half a cup of butter or margarine, two-third cups Hershey cocoa, three cups powdered sugar, a third cup milk, one teaspoon vanilla extract, Melt butter, stir in cocoa. Alternately, add powdered sugar and milk, beating to spreading consistency. Add small amount of additional milk if needed, stir in vanilla. Is that right so far, ladies? Jeannie's saying yes. Good job, Jeannie. All right. Uh, what do you do with the actual layers? I don't know. If, if you, you know, you bake all worth three, four, eight layers and then just cut them or whatever you do. But then you've got to frost them and put them all back together again. And, and some of you are thinking, what on earth is he talking about a birthday cake or not a birthday cake, but a chocolate cake on Mother's Day, right? Believe it or not, in my weird way of thinking, there is a correlation between this and uh, a weird way of introducing Mother's Day message. There is a correlation For you see, there's a lot of ingredients and there are a lot of layers that go into making a great mother. That was my point in starting off with that. Don't you wish it were just as simple as a pound of this and a pound of that, a pinch of this and a pinch of that? Not that I'm some expert on mothers, but I have had the privilege of watching a number of them in my lifetime. I have a great example of my mother and both of my grandmothers were wonderful examples. And then my mother-in-law and for the last 19 years have have had the honor of watching my wife and, and the role that she plays. And based on what I've witnessed my entire life, I want to give you the ingredients of mom this morning. I want to give you the ingredients of mom, not all inclusive. There's no way that we're going to be talking about everything that goes into making mom but let's talk about a little bit. The first thing that we see that goes into making mom an ingredient a in mom is a cup of nurture. What do I mean by that? I'm going to be giving you some scripture passages uh, this morning, but they're going to be more paraphrased to fit the Mother's Day topic, okay? I'll give you the passage, but they're more paraphrased to fit Mother's Day. I want you to listen to this first one, mothers, that you are to be those that nurture Nurture, First, Second Peter 1 says, Cultivate faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love in your children. For if they are growing in these qualities, they will not be ineffective or unproductive, and they will never stumble. Mothers, whether you realize it or not, you're all gardeners. You're all gardeners. It doesn't matter if you're a, a country girl. Eat my water. It doesn't matter if you're a country girl, you grew up on the farm, or if you're a city girl. It doesn't matter if you can plant a flower or plant a rose bush or plant a tomato bush. It doesn't matter any of that. The minute God blessed you with a child, you became a gardener. What do I mean by that? The word nurture means to grow. It means to develop. And that's one of your primary jobs, isn't it? Some people just seem to have a green thumb. Um, They can grow anything that they're given. Um, Not like me. I can kill something just about as fast as I can plant it. But when it comes to nurturing children, God has placed it within the grasp moms to grow and develop and nurture those little ones under your care one of the greatest things moms that you can do is to nurture your children but i want to encourage every mother here today regardless of how old you your children are you have the ability to affect great change depending upon how you nurture You see, if you nurture out of your own wisdom and your own self-taught ways, out of just your own personal experience, you will affect change. There's no doubt about it. But did you notice what that verse just told us this morning? It says that when you train up a child or when you nurture your child, here we go, in the ways of the Lord. That's the key, isn't it? When you nurture your children in the ways of the Lord, when you take the principles of God's word and teach your kids to have faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness and love. Notice what it says will happen. These aren't my words. This is the word of God. It says that your kids will never become ineffective. Nor will they become unproductive, and they will never stumble. That's that's some powerful words there, moms and dads. Powerful words. Obviously not meaning that your child will never do anything wrong. That's not what it's talking about. But you teach them the principles of God's Word, and you will set them on a course to where they'll be productive, they'll be effective, and how they stumble and how they mess up will always come back to their knowledge of the Word of God. They will never stumble. Bible commentary Matthew Henry tells us of our love for the children that it should not be a natural affection only. All mothers have that. Any mother can, can have a natural affection for their children. But he says it should be with a spiritual love. A love springing from a holy heart, sanctified and regulated by the word of God. All mothers have the ability to love their kids with that natural love. This is just using generic, regular kind of soil at Lowe's or wherever you might go that just costs a couple bags, per, a couple dollars per bag, just regular soil. But when you love and nurture your children in the principles of God's word, it's like using Miracle Grow. <laughs> Seriously, it's like using Miracle Grow. I'm reminded of a, a commercial you all have seen. It. It's that Scottish man pr- promoting uh, Scott's fertilizer or something like that. Do you remember what he says at the end of that commercial? He says, "Feed your lawn, feed it." Remember that? And I encourage all of you mothers here today, I say the same thing to you. When it comes to nurturing your children, feed them the word of God. Feed them. Feed them. So the first ingredient to a healthy, godly mother is how she nurtures. Number two, one cup of one who shapes the mind cup of one who shapes the mind our passage for this is proverbs six twenty through 23 says this your teachings have great importance what you teach guides your children when they walk and watches over them while they sleep your instructions are lights for their lives and speak to them even when you are not there don't ever look that last sentence Your instructions are lights for their lives and speak to them even when you are not there. Moms, you may not have a teaching degree, but you are world-class teachers just the same. And your classroom takes place in the warmth of your own home, not just Monday through Friday, but Monday through Sunday, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Whether you realize it or not, your teaching never stops. It began the day that you gave birth and will continue until the day that you take your last breath. For little eyes have watched and observed, and they are watching and they are observing, and little minds are being shaped for eternity. Trust me, your kids and husbands too have learned sacrificial love as they've seen you take the last so others can have more. Time and time again we've heard you say, I'm finished, I'm through, as your family consumes the last few pieces of pizza. That's what you do, don't you moms? Your children, now hear me on this, your children learn about your faith in your God As they watch you read God's word early in the morning or late at night. As they see you on your knees early in the morning or late at night. They've learned as they've heard you lift their names up to an unseen God. Many times with tears in your eyes and in your voice. They learn as they see your faith in God. As they see you truly believe that God will answer. They learn to ask for forgiveness when they watch you ask for forgiveness when you mess up. Nothing is Now listen, nothing is more powerful in a child's life when a mom and a dad approaches a child and admits that they were wrong for something. When they see that mom and dad are able to say they're sorry and would you forgive me, that is a strong testimony to a kid. Mom, sometimes you may think that your efforts are in vain, but don't believe that for a moment. As a matter of fact, it's the little things that can make the biggest impact, isn't it? Making lunches for your kids for 12 years of school. Helping your kids do homework for all 12 years of school. (laughs) Helping your little girl get dressed number of times whenever we're just trying to wake up and Jenna will call out, Mom, can you come help me? Mom, can you come help me? Putting love notes in your kids' lunches or sending them texts just to say that you love them. See, it's the little things that you do, moms, that can make the biggest impact. As a matter of fact, God can even use your finger. God can even use your finger. What do I mean by that? Let me read you a story. It's written from an adult, but looking back on their childhood years. Let me read this. My mother taught me to read. She didn't mean to. I mean, she wasn't trying to, but she did. From my earliest remembrances, she read to me every day except Saturday and Sunday. On weekdays, my father was at work and my sister at school, so we would crawl into my parents' bed and she would read. What did she read? The Bible, of course. What else was there? It was the only book in our house. That's amazing. It was the only book in our house. She read stories from the Bible, and she was a finger reader. You don't know what a finger reader is? Finger reading is following the words with your fingers so that you won't lose your place or jump to the wrong line. It makes perfectly good sense if you think about it. In schools nowadays, we're very concerned with how fast people read. If you can read a thousand words a minute, that's absolutely fantastic. But my mother was a finger reader. Every day as she read, I would hear her voice and watch her finger as it went back and forth across the page. Of course, it happened very slowly, and I didn't know I was learning to read. I honestly didn't even mean to learn. It was quite by accident. The more I learned, the more fascinated I became with my mother's voice and the moving of her finger. One day I corrected her. She, was, uh, she had either pronounced or skipped a word, but I don't remember, and I corrected her, and she was incredulous, and she said, how did you know that? I didn't know how I knew. I just knew that the word she said wasn't the word that was above her finger. I did not know the alphabet. That would come much later. I could tell the difference between Jehu and Jerusalem. When I went to school a couple years later, Miss Smoky tried to teach me to read. And I told her I could already. The kids were reading things like Dick and Jane. And I knew Nebuchadnezzar and Jebusite and Parasite and Shamgar and Rehoboam. And I told her that I could read. But I told her that she could teach me math because I was real dumb at that. <laughs> but I want you to see that if my mother was teaching me to read... Without meaning to, she was also teaching me about God, about right and wrong, about good and evil. Yes, those ideas were forming in my mind, waiting for the moment when I would need them to help me understand my growing, changing world. My specific point in all of this is that both teaching me to read and teaching me about God, about good and evil, and standing for the right, did not come to me through lectures and sermons, although I have heard plenty of them. They came to me through my mother's attempt to establish and strengthen her own relationship with God, and they came to me through the finger of my mother. You see, God, moms, He wants to use every part of you. He'll even use your finger. He wants to use every part of you to shape the mind of your child. Number third ingredient, third ingredient that goes into making this multi-layered godly mother, imparting faith. Two cups of this, by the way, you need a lot of this. Two cups of imparting faith. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5, fan the flame of my gift in your children. Sincere faith can be passed on to your children and to their children from generation to generation. Keep passing on a heritage of faith. Don't let my flame go out. Listen, if there was one ingredient that can be considered the most important ingredient, it would be this one. The single greatest job of any mother or any father is getting their children to place their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? That's the most important ingredient, church, mothers, fathers, dads, will get to you in about a month or so. This is the most important ingredient. However, the second most important ingredient is teaching kids to live out their faith. You see, it's not just enough just to, to, to get your child to say a, a cute little prayer when they're young and hopefully they mean it and I don't know if they do mean it, but then not teach them how to live out that faith You see when it comes to seeing beyond the here and now and even even looking with eyes of eternity Moms you have you have a special sense Somehow mom can see what's going on in the heart behind the disheveled hair The dirty jeans or the smudged faces Uh, countenances that are just not right in our kids. Mothers can see past all that. They can pick up on the subtle signs of their teenage son or daughter and know that something is just not right. When a reprimand is typically in order, moms, you have the sixth sense to know when to give grace and compassion instead. Dads, We're not always very good at this, are we? Guilty as charged. There have been times when I've wanted to lower the boom on the kids. (laughs) And Stephanie will just give me that look. Husbands, you know what that look is, don't you? When the wife just looks at you and you know you better stop. Steph will just look at me and she'll know that there's something more going on. You'll know that it's an opportunity to build faith in our kids. Most of the times as we talk through the situation, I can see that what our child needed wasn't retribution, but love and understanding. See, moms, you have a way of seeing through all that. Moms, remember that as your children watch you react to every situation in life, they're either learning what faith in Jesus Christ should or should not be like. When things go wrong in the life of your child, and they will, they need to see your unfailing faith and confidence in the Lord. They need to see your 100% faith and belief that God is sovereign and God is in control, moms. They need to see your faith in God when life seems to be falling apart. Remember, you may be the only face of faith they will really see. You see your faith with skin on. Every day is an opportunity to impart faith to your child. Show them that behind the sunrise or the sunset is the creator who loves them and who died for them. When their hearts get broken and dreams fall apart, and they will. Remind them that God, we talked about this last time, remind them that God is the healer of broken dreams. And he still has a plan for their life. Teach them to, de- to get into God's word and stay on their knees 24-7. You can even use the death of a loved one to talk about heaven and the importance of doing whatever it takes to get there. Imparting faith, Mom. Some of you may think that, whether you really listened to the words, I hope you were, you may think it a little strange or odd that we had kids get up this morning and and, uh, sing about how this world is not their home. They're just little kids. They're just getting started. But it's never too late to start teaching these kinds of things to our kids. When Stephanie and I lived down in Winchester, we knew a lady by the name of DeWanna Barnett. Dewana's mother passed away, and when we went to the funeral there at the church, Stephanie remembers walking up to Dewana and talking to her and asking her how she was doing and praying for her and talking to her about her mom, and Dewana said this. She said that during her entire lifetime, her mom talked to her kids more about dying than she did about living. Why is that? It's because her mom wanted her kids to be ready. Her mom wanted her kids to be prepared, wanted her kids to know this world really isn't our home. We're just passing through, it's just a hotel. We're just waiting for our final home, and we need to take this life and be prepared. We need to be ready. And, Duana. Uh, I believe, indicated to Stephanie that because her mom taught her and the other siblings that it was even easier to handle the death of her mother. Mom, take every opportunity to impart faith to your children. Don't be afraid to deal with matters of eternity. Mom, you have a keen sense to peer into the heart and souls of your kids. And address the issues of eternity. You've been given special ability to affect real change in the lives of your children's eternal blessings and destinies. Fourth ingredient to a healthy mom two large cups of encouragement. Two large cups of encouragement. First Thessalonians 5.11 Encourage and build up your family daily. Daily. That's hard to do, isn't it? Daily. Help them identify and get rid of everything that hinders them and the sin that so easily entangles them. Challenge them to run with endurance the race of life I've already marked out for them. Give them courage. Life, especially for a child, can be a rather intimidating place, can't it? Challenging school subjects, classroom assignments, playground bullies, music, choir recitals, midterms and finals, the stress that comes with playing sports, and the stress of just being a kid. All of these and so much more, and I forget this. So many times I forget this. All of these things and more represent Goliath-sized obstacles in the life of our kids. We as adults sometimes forget this, forget how hard and weighty these days can be. But moms, you can be some of the greatest encouragers in the world. Just a few simple words can make all the difference. I believe in you. I am praying for you. on me. At least you're listening. At least you said something. Thank you so much. Kent, we'll just use this. I'm praying for you. You can do it. I'm so proud of you. Keep going. Keep fighting. I'll be here for you no matter what. Hmm. There was a guy down in Winchester. I'll never forget uh, his comment. He had a, an incredible godly mother. And he said when his mother passed away, he knew that for the first time in his life, he no longer had someone who was going to pray for him every single day. It's a powerful thought. Moms, you can be incredible encouragers. I have another story to read to you. It's about a man who found himself at a cross-country race. And he was watching and he was observing the kids and he was observing the parents. And he had these thoughts. As the girls' race came to a close, I watched a 40-plus-year-old mother who was wearing patent leather shoes and a skirt and carrying a purse run the last 100 yards beside her daughter. As she ran awkwardly, her long, dark hair coming undone and streaming out behind her, giving no thought to the spectacle she made, she cried, Run, Tammy, run. Run, Tammy, run. The girl had no chance to win, and the voice of her mother, whose heart was bursting with exertion and emotion, was not urging her to win, she was urging her to finish. The girl was in trouble. Her muscles were cramping. Her breath came in ragged gasps. Her stride was broken, faltering. She was in the last stages of weariness just before collapse. But when she heard her mother's voice, a marvelous transformation took place. <laughs> she straightened. She found her balance, her bearing, her rhythm, and she finished. She crossed the finish line Turned and collapsed into the arms of her mother. And the two of them sat there together on the grass and they cried and then they laughed. As I drove away from the park, I couldn't get it off my mind, the writer says. I thought of my own children and of the race that they are running, a different and far more important race, a race that requires even greater stamina, courage, and character. I'm a spectator in the race also. I have helped them to train. I have pleaded, I have instructed, I have threatened, I have punished, I have prayed, I have praised, I have laughed, and I have cried. I've even tried to familiarize them with the course. But now the gun is up and their race has begun, and I am a spectator with my heart bursting as well. Sometimes their course takes them far from me and I whisper, run, child, run. Occasionally they grow weary because the race is long and demands such sacrifice. They witness hypocrisy. And there are many voices that call to them to quit this foolish race, telling them they cannot win possibly. They lose sight of their goal and they falter and they stumble and I cry, Run, child, run. Oh, God, help them run. And then they come to the last 100 yards, and how I long to be there to run beside them. What if I'm gone, and there's no one to whisper, to shout, run in their ears? What if Satan convinces them that they are not going to win? What if his great lie that you must beat the others causes them to allow defeat to settle over them? What if they lose sight of the great truth that in this race it is finishing, that is the victory, and that is why our Lord Jesus Christ said on the cross, It is finished? Moms, don't stop praying prayers like this. Dear God, As you have run beside me, please run beside them. Strengthen their knees that they might finish. And dear Father, when they cross that eternal finish line, may I be there to welcome them home. May we laugh and cry through eternity, praising the grace that gave us this victory. Run, Tammy, run. Moms, encourage your kids. Encourage your kids. Encourage them to finish and cross the finish line of eternity no matter what it takes. Let me get through this as quickly as I can. Two more. One more. This is good. Three teaspoons of laughter. Three teaspoons of laughter. Hm. Mom, when was the last time you just laughed with your kids? That is more powerful than you think. When was the last time you just laughed with your kids? You see, when tension fills the air, you can diffuse the situation by bringing humor into the room. Because when you laugh, everyone laughs. I'm just looking at a cross the room this morning, and I've been around some of you when you're really laughing and you just light up a room. When's the last time you just laughed? When's the last time you had a belly laugh around your kids? Just thinking about it brings a smile. Mom, learn to laugh at the lighter side of life. Many times laughter comes with our own kids, doesn't it? Most of the time it does. (laughs) There were some five or six-year-old kids who were asked to write a letter to God and I listened to some of their letters to God Dear God if we come back as something else please don't let me be Jennifer Horton because I hate her <laughs> God we read Thomas Edison made light but in Sunday school they said you did it so i bet he stole your idea god <laughs> Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I could never do it. A <laughs> couple more. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but I really prayed for a puppy. <laughs> Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms that works with me and my brother. And this is cute. Dear God, if you watch in church on Sundays, I'll show you my new shoes. (laughs) Mom, laugh with your kids. Laugh with your kids. It's infectious. It can heal and it can refresh where laughter is. And the last and final, I didn't tell you the verse to that. Lighten up. Paraphrase, I like that. Paraphrase, lighten up. Laughter is good medicine, it's a great shock absorber for life's bumps. Don't miss out on the continual feast of a cheerful heart. A happy heart makes your face cheerful. And the last and final ingredient this morning it's special, it's a unique one. Treasure being a mother. Treasure being a mother. You are worth far more than rubies, moms. You lack nothing of value. You bring good to every day. You work vigorously and your life is profitable. You are clothed with strength and dignity. You can laugh at life. You speak with wisdom and faithful instruction. You juggle numerous roles and use your time wisely. Your children arise and call you blessed and your husbands also praise you. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Moms, you may not hear it every day. You may not think about it very often. You may not feel like it very often, but you are greatly, not just valued, but you are greatly admired. It's true. You are extremely valuable and worthy of praise. It's just that sometimes kids and us husbands too, huh? Say amen or outs, guys. We don't always express it the way that we need to. May we not wait till just one day of the year to just express how much we love our moms. I'm looking at people in here this morning who no longer have their mothers. This day is a unique, it's, it's a difficult day. Value the memory of your mother. Take those good traits that you've seen in her, those things that are powerful and strong in your life, and carry them on in your life. Carry them on as you teach your kids, and yes, as you teach your husbands at times, the truth of life. Because you show love by giving all, asking little and accepting less. Because you can find joy in a Saturday morning filled with scampering little feet and making pancakes. Because you will not get too upset over a house straightened just yesterday and messed up today. Because you have become a superhero by doing 18 things at the same time. Because you are a tender nurse beside the bed of a fevered child. Because you are a loving yet firm disciplinarian. Because you are a mighty prayer warrior against the forces of evil that come against your family. Because you see your kids and husbands for what they can be and not just what we are. Mothers, you are greatly admired. Don't forget it. Treasure being a mother. Please disregard any previous message you may have received from us that gave you the impression that you were not highly valued or greatly respected. You may do great and mighty things in this life, but none of them, none of them, none of, do I have your attention yet? None of them are more important as being the beautiful mother that you are to your children and your family. None of them. For you see, moms, you are beautiful, a beautiful multi-layered treasure for your kids and many people. Stephanie has something I'm just going to ask her to read. And then, uh, Ryan, when she's done reading, we're just going to show you a brief video and then we're going to dismiss you this morning. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you, moms. You're greatly valued, multi-leathered, layered treasure. God bless you this morning.
1: <laughs> A tribute to moms. This is for all the mothers who froze their bottoms off on metal bleachers at soccer games on Friday nights instead of watching from cars so that when their kids asked, did you see my goal, they could say, of course, I wouldn't have missed it for the world, and meant it. This is for all the mothers who have sat up all night with sick toddlers in their arms, wiping up chunks of wieners and cherry soda that suddenly reappeared, saying, it's okay, honey, mommy's here. This is for all the mothers of Kosovo who fled in the night and can't find their children. This is for the mothers who gave birth to babies they will never see and the mothers who took those babies and made homes for them. This is for the mothers of victims of school shootings and the mothers of the murderers, for the mothers of the survivors and the mothers who sat in front of their TVs in in horror, hugging their child, who just came home from school safely. This is for all the mothers who run carpools, make cookies, so Halloween costumes and all the mothers who don't. This is for reading Good, My- Good Night Moon twice a night for a year and then reading it again just one more time. This is for all the mothers who mess up, who yell at their kids in the grocery store <laughs> and stomp their feet like a tired two-year-old who wants ice cream before dinner. This is for all the mothers who taught their daughters to tie their shoelaces before they started school and for all the mothers who opted for Velcro instead. This is for all the mothers who show up at work with spit up in their hair, milk stains on their blouses and diapers in their purses. This is for all the mothers who teach their sons to cook and their daughters to sink a jump shot. Dear working mom, stay-at-home mom, single mom, married mom, mothers without and mothers with everything, God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. You are his hands of love, his arms of compassion, and his gift of grace to the next generation.